franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Welcome to episode 54 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and with me today is my colleague, Sarah Wasco. We created this podcast to bring you education and information about business ownership and all things franchising. We really like to invite guests that um, can bring information from all areas of business ownership. And today we have a founder of a franchise called Be Nutritious. It's a healthy food concept. And our founder's name is Brian Wynn. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. Thank you for having me. So, you know, Sarah and I always talk about our clients are getting younger and younger. And here we have a founder who's quite young um, and got a very, very early start in entrepreneurship. So, Brian, just kind of take us back and Tell us how this all started. How far do you want me to go back? That's well, the question. we talked about uh, college where you started to gain weight and start feeling uncomfortable. So kind of take us back to that and the first job. And I think you called it a, an office body or a desk body or something. <laughs> so kind of walk us through that and, and, and what happened next. Okay. Well, I grew up in a family uh, where most of... Uh, Family members are all uh, entrepreneurs or just uh, small business owners. Yeah. Um, I grew up around my mom, uh, who was running a, a auto salvage yard since I was a kid. Um, uh-huh. there, she also ran a uh, a clothing store called Brian's Kids Wear, and I kind of just grew up behind a register or in business in general. So I kind of have always been around that environment. Um, but what got me started with my entrepreneurship, um, I think, um, was in college, uh, well, got me started with being nutritious that is. So in college I gained about 60 pounds. I, you know, all I did was go to school, study, uh, eat and go to the movies with my girlfriend. That's, that was literally my routine. There was no exercise. There was no, it was just that. And usually people are gaining 15 pounds. I ended up gaining 60 pounds in college. And I, you know, I was, I think I was 21, 22 years old. Um, I I did not feel good about myself. So I realized that I really needed to take my uh, fitness to the next level and uh, do something about it. So I, you know, I, I, I was, I started uh, doing research on nutrition uh, started exercising and eating right, and the weight just started coming off. You know, and I'm really impressed that that it you took the initiative. I think a lot of people know they need to do it, but getting started is hard. And you shared with us kind of your aha moment when you were short of breath, when you mm-hmm. were just trying to put on your yeah. seatbelt. So I got into my car, uh, put my seatbelt on, and I practically had man boobs. And I, I just, I, I was breathing heavy and I, I just knew that I could be a much better version of myself. 
after in that after that moment. So was the first step that you started eating better and then you started exercising? Because I know we talked about, um, I think you ate well for and lost a bunch of weight and then you got into martial arts. So you want to tell us how much weight you lost in that first year and then about your exercise journey? Yeah. So the first year I uh, started dieting and running at the same time and I threw martial arts on top of that. So I really took my first year really serious. Um, I, I think I ran in the morning and ran at night and I also did, uh, the, my martial arts class wow. and I ate a lot of chicken and rice. And in the first year I was able to, uh, shave off 80 pounds. Wow. And after I shaved the 80 pounds, uh, I, I, you know, I was, just, I was skinny. So I started to get into weightlifting and started to put a little bit more muscle on then. So you focused on your health. And then this evolved into you starting with meal prepping. Uh, Tell us how you kind of got into that, where you were doing that. I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, kind of roadblocks on how to get started into a business. So what motivated you to start the meal prepping and how did that start the business evolve from there? Yeah. So um, when I started meal prepping, it was mainly for myself and I just, you know, I, I realized that was something that was missing uh, in the market in general. There was no one else really doing it. Uh, there was some bigger companies that were doing it, but it was more like, uh, you know, you would have to, it was shipped to your house. You'd have to cook it yourself versus like actual prepared meals, uh, you know, delivered to your door. And I felt like this was missing in the market. So I just tried it with a few friends just as, uh, you know, uh, testing it out. Hey, try my food, see how you guys like it. And, uh, my, uh, you know, I have a couple of friends who were fitness influencers and this was at like the peak of, uh, social media and Instagram, I feel. And, uh, they posted on their, on their, uh, social media and it just kind of took off. My first order was 30 meals with two friends. It was 15 meals each. And once they posted on social media, I started getting flooded with a bunch of emails and messages. And it literally went from... 30 meals, the first order to a thousand meals a week in the next two to three months. That is amazing. So how, I mean, that's all attributed to social media because you had some influencers that were sharing about what you were doing. Where were you making these meals? How did you go about making the meals? Were you employed? How did you have time for that? It just totally piques my curiosity. Yeah. So I was living at home at that time, uh, my parents, and I actually used my mom's kitchen. Uh, she, so one thing about Asian people uh, that you'll, 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 you'll learn is that, um, at least in California, there's a lot of, uh, they'll have their kitchen in the garage. So when my, my, uh, when my mom, uh, or my parents remodeled the house, they put a kitchen uh, in the back in the garage, which is a dedicated room uh, with cooking equipment. And they also have their their uh, ki- regular kitchen. So the kitchen in the house is more like for show and for cooking <laughs> smaller things. But when you do uh, heavy cooking with oils and you know just bigger items, it'll be cooked in the garage. So um, yeah, at that time I was you know doing insurance and the meal prep was only like a sunday thing so you know i'll buy all the food on saturday and we'll cook all the food on sunday that's kind of how it went but um 
Yeah, okay, so I was doing that's... it from home every Sunday. And uh, when I first started, it was just uh, me, my mom, and then I had uh, an aunt that would come and help me. And then once we started getting really, really, really busy, we started, uh, you know, started scaling and I started hiring a bunch of friends. And that's when we had like a, a full-blown operation at, at, in, in the garage and in the kitchen of my mom's house. I think you said it. you were up to uh, 4,000 meals out of your mom's kitchen. Yeah, 4,000 meals a month. A so 1,000 a meals a week. And it okay. just, you kept going, getting crazier and crazier. And eventually we just kind of, uh, it was really hard to handle without having proper uh, equipment or being in a commercial kitchen. So, so what was your next step? Into, yeah. You know, so what'd you do when you realized you needed a commercial kitchen? How did you take that leap to, and, and you're working an insurance job. So this is your weekends were spent preparing these meals. And now you've yep. like, oh goodness, I have a real business. So what happened from there? Yeah. So um, I, I was, I was ended up making more money in meal prepping than I was in insurance. I was like, oh man. And you know, this obviously before at all, this is like one of those cliche stories, um, you know, kind of started in a garage or whatever. Um, but it really did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, before you get legitimate, it, you know, there's no taxes that you have to pay. It was all, you know, it was, a, it was, a, a before it all started. Right. So money was really good. And I was like, you know what, for me to really scale and grow, I have to take it to the next level. And initially I wanted to just do strictly meal prepping. So, uh, you know, having a, a restaurant wasn't in my uh, vision. It was just, oh, you know, let's, let's look for a commercial kitchen or I can build a commercial kitchen at a warehouse. But then I realized it's healthy food. Something as simple as chicken, sweet potatoes and broccoli was missing in the market. Even to this day, like, I don't know anywhere that where you can get clean sweet potatoes, some steamed vegetables and chicken breast. It's it's it, without any without heavy oils at least. Um, and you know I realized this was missing in the market, so I found a location uh, that uh, that was near my mom's house, and it, it was a city I grew up in. And it, I was like, you know what, this is this is perfect. You know, there's a kitchen, there's a restaurant, and you know, with with, with restaurants when they first start off, it, it it takes a while to to get that ROI back. Well, the way I did it was I when I found the when I found the restaurant, it was an existing restaurant. I took it over for I bought the assets for 40k, remodeled it for 50k, and I was you know in business for under 100k. Wow. And uh, what I did uh, when I opened that restaurant was I transitioned all my meal prep customers into the restaurant. So right when we opened, you already had that existing clientele. Then we started promoting the restaurant, the takeout delivery, and all that that side of it, and it, that ended up uh, doing really well, and 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 kind of uh, matched the meal prep eventually, and, and surpassed the meal prep. And then you only were in that Mexican restaurant that you took over for about one and a half years, right? Before you had to grow again. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, was in there for a year and a half. Ended up finding a second location. I was like, you know what? I want to be in another county uh, that that you know, to help the brand expand. And uh, I found this location that's next to a gym, uh, and and the, I chose it there specifically because it was next to a gym, and it works out perfectly. People finish working out, they want to come over and uh, you know get a protein shake, get a pro post workout meal. It's like the perfect uh, location for the perfect concept. So just it, it works really well together. 
So I'm curious, all this is going on. You grew after a year and a half and had to relocate. Were you still selling insurance or working in the insurance no, job? I left. I actually left insurance uh, once I opened up my first location. And uh, I, I, what I did was I just sold my book of business to uh, one of my old colleagues and uh, you know pursued Be Nutritious full time. So I want to back up really quick because there's something I have in my notes that really impressed me. So I think, you know, when you were talking about the golden age of uh, social media and Instagram, um, I think you said you had a friend, somebody that worked on the LA Police Department. And at one point, the whole LAPD started ordering from you. Yes. So I have a a friend who's a sergeant of uh, the Rampart Division in LAPD, and he pretty much put me on the map for the LAPD and uh, told all his coworkers. And next thing you know, all of his coworkers were, were ordering from us, from the, the I even uh, sponsored like, um, there's a, a Baker to, or Vegas, Baker to Vegas, or I don't oh, know yeah, yeah. exactly one, but I even sponsored the women's for that, from the LA, all the LAPD women's team for that and uh, meal prep for all of them. Wow. That's really, that's exciting. That's really. very exciting. Yeah. All right. So all this success, then one day you woke up and said, I want to be a franchise. Well, um, (laughs) I didn't really intend to get into the franchising space. I, my vision was uh, just keeping, keep opening up my uh, own locations. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had someone reach out to me. uh, They sent me an email. I don't remember exactly what it was. They sent me an email asking if I was interested in franchising and it's only going to be a, a certain amount. And, you know, it sold me on a dream. And I uh, ended up getting myself into franchising. But it, it, it's it's uh, definitely a lot to learn. I know we're going to get into that because I know you guys are going to have questions about that. Yeah. So you thought, I'm going to follow this dream. It's going to be easy. I'm going to be a millionaire. What, you know, all the thoughts that a lot of people have when they're thinking about franchising their business, but you shared with us that you were misled. Is that right? That it really wasn't what you were expecting. So tell us a little bit about how things evolved after that initial step towards franchising your business. Yep. That's, that's very accurate, accurate what you said. So once I had this company reach out to me, sold me on a dream um, you know, they delivered uh, exactly, uh, they delivered what they said their contract was going to deliver, which was the FDD and the operations manual. And, and let um, me just stop you real quick. Was, Sorry, Brian, because a lot of people don't know what an FDD is. So it's oh, a franchise okay. disclosure document. So I just wanted to fill in there. So go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So um, this, this company that reached out to me uh, delivered essentially what they said they were in the contract, which was the franchise disclosure document and the operations manual. And when I realized I was misled or conned was when I actually went through the documents and realized that there was a, another company's name in the document. And I was like, why is there like a, a, a pet name on there? You know, different pet company. And then I realized I was like, okay, what they did was just pretty much copy and paste company names on, on these documents and, you know, sold it for $40,000. And, but, you know, I, uh, after that, I was like, wow, this is, this is, uh, you know, I spent a lot of money, you know, I, I, I thought I was gonna be able to franchise and, um, but I didn't, you know what, I, I still stuck to, stuck to it. I was like, you know what, we're just gonna still try to sell franchises. 
And so what I did was I signed up for an expo, a franchise expo in, in I think it was Long Beach or, or Los Angeles. It's, it's been a while since I've been, but um, we went over there and that's where we were promoting the brand. We got a lot of traction in the emerging section. And uh, I had this gentleman come up to me and pretty much ask me, hey, uh, you know, do you guys have uh, this, uh, do, you, do you guys have all your systems in place for this, 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 and that? And I was like, no, I don't. Well, he's like, well, one thing I can tell you is that if you don't have these systems in place, no, uh, no, no sophisticated uh, investor is going to take you serious. And that's when I realized I was like, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to franchise because um, I don't have any of these systems in place. Not even like a proper recipe book, uh, systems for cleaning, systems for admin, my, my network for food, just nothing was in place. So I connected with this uh, other gentleman, oh, with, the, with, the, with that same gentleman and his company. And we spent pretty much the next uh, nine months to a year putting this uh, operations together and our systems in place. Wow. So it was a bit of a challenge, but clearly you have overcome that. Uh and you are now um, working to obviously grow your franchise. What have you learned? What has been different now that you're a franchisor in comparison to when you were the in independent business owner? Is it similar I role think, for you? Different role? Tell us about that. I, I think uh, one thing people need to realize is uh, when you're in the franchise business, you're in the franchise business. When you're, 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 you're when you're in the restaurant business, it's a whole different animal. Um, in the restaurant space, I'm dealing with my employees, with uh, our actual food quality control, all that. In the franchise business, you're dealing with with uh, you know your franchisees, and and it's more. I feel like I've done a lot more uh, consulting um, and 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 coaching. Uh, you know, and a lot just trying to figure out, I'm still learning as we go, you know, we're only at two locations right now. And just those two locations, it's, it's been a huge learning process for us and listening to podcasts and, 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 and things like that definitely help and, and consulting with the groups I'm working with now definitely help also. So you said you've got two locations. Um, I think one thing that's impressive is that when, um, one of your employees actually buys a business from you and wants to become a franchisee, right? Because they've been there. They've seen how you operate. They know your integrity. They know your ethics. Uh, they see they're in the business and they still are motivated to buy it. So I think that's very impressive that one of your employees is, one of, is now one of your franchisees, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, in L.A. Uh, County? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he was a you know, young kid. And uh, saw a, a, saw potential in the brand. He worked really hard for me for two years, and uh, just really impressed me. So I pitched the opportunity to him, and uh, him and his mom were really interested. And we, you know, worked out some seller financing, and that now they own it. They've been uh, they've been owners since the twenty twenty one. Great. Well, that's even another great story of how you helped a young, dedicated employee be a business owner. Yeah. So, and you have another location in Boston. Yes, definitely. And, yep. And that one's been open almost Since a year. September, yeah, September of 2022. So we're coming up on a one-year anniversary quit soon. Yeah. Yes. For yes. that one. Nice. 
Yeah, wonderful. Um, so, Brian, uh, what has it been like? I know you kind of shared with us that you've had some hurdles and and things like that and some learning curves. So, um, bringing on, you know, maybe a new franchisee, what are some things that you might want them to know if someone is watching this that might want to consider being a being nutritious franchisee? I think there's some perks in being an early adapter uh, to a franchise system. So share with somebody that might be thinking about becoming uh, a franchisee with being nutritious, some of the, some of the things that you can offer for them. Yeah, absolutely. So keep in mind, we are an emerging franchise, uh, franchise or, so one thing that you'll definitely get from us is one-on-one, uh, con- you'll get direct contact with me and I'll, yeah. I'll literally be there to help. Uh, my, me and my, t- my, my team and I will be there to guide you every step of the way. And the thing with our brand, you know, we're not serving ice cream, pizzas, or burgers. We're s- serving food that's genuinely good for you. And, you know, this, every meal is, is making a difference in everyone's health. And, you know, I, I really believe in the brand and, and, and how good it does for the community and for everyone's health. I think the one thing that I don't know that we pointed out clearly enough is that the be nutritious and in, in the way you're uh, prepping the food and also serving it in the restaurant is the same way that you were able, it's the same food you ate and the same way you prepped it when you lost 80 pounds, right? It's that same system. Yes, exactly. So the the type of food that we offer on our menu is exact food and the same way I prepped it when I lost my when I lost weight. I add a, I have, obviously I've gotten a little better with flavoring, so I've, I've been able to add a little bit more seasoning and little things like that. But ninety nine percent, it's exactly what I ate to lose the eighty pounds that I did. And people can come in and eat at the restaurant, and then they can also order for the meal prep part as well and exactly. take that home with them. Correct. So yes, you have multiple yes. revenue streams. So tell us yeah. more about that. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, different concepts uh, in the healthy food space. Some concepts are healthy food only, and some concepts are meal prep only. And uh, for us, we're, I still haven't seen a concept um, that is like ours, where it's fresh made food and wholesome food. Uh, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we try to keep uh, processed things uh, out of our menu as much as possible. I think the only thing we have processed is maybe our tortilla for one of our burritos. But for the most part, like our, our, our concept is really cool. You can come in, order one meal, sit down, and then you can probably think about your meal, uh, think about meals for the week. You can go back to the counter, order nine meals for the week, and we'll crank it out within the 20, 30 minutes uh, right there and then. So it's like fresh made meal prep. It's it's not, there's no food sitting in the fridge. There's no, uh, nothing's frozen. There's nothing, uh, it's not like a bar where all the food's cold and, and it's like Subway style. Everything is fresh and made to order. Wow. Which is so amazing because I do believe that a lot of people um, would say that they're not eating as healthy because of not enough time. Yeah. Because f- when they're buying fresh vegetables and cooking fresh meats and so forth, that's definitely more time consuming than some of the prepared or processed things. So it really kind of cuts out that 
roadblocked the time roadblock to healthy eating because you do it for them. And then all they have to do is warm it up when they're ready to eat. Right. Yes. So that, that, that's the thing. It, it's it's the, the value in it is you're able to save so much time. Um, you might spend a few dollars more than what you would at the grocery store, but you have to, you know, see how valuable your time is. Um, some, we have a lot of, uh, customers who are just, there's, they're all like nurses, uh, police officers, just, you know, uh, office workers are just strapped on time. So we're that solution to eating healthy, whether it's meal prep or just coming in for lunch, you're, you're going to have a healthy made meal, uh, fresh to order. Well, and to your point of maybe being a little bit more expensive, you know, there's some of us, I speak from experience that buy all those fresh vegetables and all the right food. Um, and then it goes bad because we don't, we're not as motivated as we think we are the day that we buy it. Right. And we have the best of intentions. So then some of it goes bad and you end up throwing it away. So I don't know if you're doing that, maybe you're not saving any money. That's a really good point. Groceries. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good point. Brian, thank you so much for sharing your story. I do love the fact that this was a true started in the garage business yeah found success. We always advise people to have more than one location before they franchise. I need to show that their processes and systems are duplicatable. You, you did that. You took the franchising path, even though it was kind of accidental. Um, yeah. But we are really uh, wishing you much success as you continue to try to grow that, that business. So if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you, uh, learn more, what would be the best way for them to contact you? I think the best way to probably just be our website, um, benutritiousmeals.com. And uh, our contact information is in there. Perfect. Email us, call us, there's a phone number on there. Perfect. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us. We greatly appreciate your time today. Uh, my name is Sarah Wasco. It's uh, Sarah without an H. And uh, I'm joined by my colleague, Roxanne Rapsky. Please reach out to us on LinkedIn. We are very active there. We would love to connect. Um, please feel free to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And you can also listen to to our other podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. So thanks again for joining us, everyone. We hope you have a great day. 